You know, God really never gives up on us. Not that it's about us, it's about His glory. And He chooses to glorify Himself through lovingly shepherding us through all the many seasons of life. 1 Samuel chapter 30, we find David in the final crosshairs of a difficult time in his life. A few chapters before, David believes a lie that Saul one day is going to kill him. You've heard that in previous sermons, right? We know that David is 15 years old, thereabout when he's anointed king by Samuel. Remember that? At age 30, he actually becomes king. And he reigns for 40 years and dies at the age of 70. So from years 15 to 30, that is not a cakewalk. David's life has turned every which way but loose. It takes more courage to live than it does to die. David comes close to giving up. And in the final stages of this difficult, difficult time where life and people are pressing in upon him, that's probably the toughest moment that he endures. And so we are privileged to, to once again visit this. 1 Samuel chapter 30, I'm going to read the first eight verses. Now when David and his men came to Ziklag on the third day, the Amalekites had made a raid against the Negeb and against Ziklag. They had overcome Ziklag and burned it with fire and taken captive the women and all who were in it, both small and great. They killed no one, but carried them off and went their way. And when David and his men came to the city, they found it burned with fire. And their wives and sons and daughters taken captive. Can't get much worse than that. Verse 4. Then David and the people who were with him raised their voices and wept until no more strength to weep. David's two wives also had been taken captive, Ahinoam of Jezreel and Abigail, the widow of Nabal of Carmel. Then David was greatly distressed, for the people spoke of stoning him, because all the people were bitter in soul, each for his sons and daughters. But David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. And David said to Abiathar the priest, the son of Ahimelech, Bring me the ephod. So Abiathar brought the ephod to David. And David inquired of the Lord, Shall I pursue this band? Shall I overtake them? 
He answered him, Pursue, for you shall surely overtake and shall surely rescue. Believers living like unbelievers. Have you ever been there? Given time, the dance of life, the pressures of life, and what is pressing in upon our lives, sometimes we get so exhausted in spirit and soul, we begin to think, and given time, we find ourselves living like an unbeliever. So here is David. For a year and four months, he has been living with the Philistines. The king of Gath has developed a friendship with David. And David is living in a foreign land, and that is a difficult, difficult time. And it takes him down a long road, a difficult road. So when we think about our lives today, so that this isn't a history lesson of a guy who lived thousands of years ago, David comes to a point of utter brokenness. And you know, when the pressure doesn't let up for us, and there's no end in sight where the issue is going to be resolved, we tend to lose hope, don't we? It just works on us, and our spirit is broken. It's like the uh, litigation is never going to end. It's like the marriage is never going to get where it needs to be. It's like the organization with whom you're a part all week long. It's just not working out, and you're wondering how all of this is going to end. And we tend to lose hope. You agree with that? Okay. So let me offer... uh, a word here. And guys, I, I want to share a moment with you, and it's not to exclude the ladies. I mean, the ladies may amen, but you know what most guys do when, when difficult times come? There's a real tendency to withdraw. We brood, we go quiet. And then we tend to isolate ourselves. And before we know it, we are living this horizontal life where we are functionally living like an atheist, believers living like unbelievers. And we find ourselves just so totally and utterly alone. Well, this is David in 1 Samuel chapter 30. Here he is, returning to Ziklag, and just so you know, the king of Gath tells David, the commanders, the Philistine army, they convince the king, though he has shown loyalty for well over a year, they cannot trust him in the heat of battle. 
And so they convince the king that David is to go back. He cannot go to battle with them. And so he's on his way back to Ziglag, and he finds that the city that the king of Gath had given him permission to live in, not only David, but the 600 of his army, which was was a ragtag army at best. At one point, they're termed wicked men. So their families as well, they're, they're living in Ziklag. In other words, all their world was right there. And David and the men return, and they, from the reading, you know that their families were taken. Livestock, everything they owned was taken. So David is devastated because his two wives are gone. But to make matters worse, his army, those 600 guys, they are now blaming him. And they're threatening to stone him. Just imagine what David's world had become. Here is David alone. You know, it's interesting, over this year and four-month period, there were no psalms written. The singer of Israel had grown silent. There is no reference to David speaking with the Lord. David's alone. Guys, here's our word, if I may be so bold as to say it. When Satan's work in your life results and you're feeling alone and you are isolating yourself, and ladies, I'm sure you can relate in some way. When you are living alone an isolated life, there's a good chance you're going to brown out spiritually and your time with the Lord becomes more infrequent. And we find that we're not speaking with the Lord, we're not thinking about the Lord, we're not reading His Word, we are just completely exhausted and the desire is gone. I guess for the sake of transparency, without staying here a long time, But guys, I was that guy. The details you don't need to know about, but I was that guy. And things had become so dark. But you know what? (laughs) Thanks be to the Lord, that's not the end of the story. I'm here to celebrate the fact that God never gives up on us. Now, if you read 1 Samuel chapter 30, you know David got all of his stuff back. He got his family back. And God chose to bring about significant blessing upon his life. For me, at a point of dryness 
and a semblance of, of death spiritually and relationally, God brought it back. God is the healer. God is the redeemer. And His grace, we not only receive it where, sanctific- or where salvation is concerned, but we also receive grace every single day in the work of God's sanctification. I mean, who deserves for God to press in upon his life? Like the psalmist, he inclined his ear to me. There's a beautiful word picture there of one who is intently wanting to catch every word, and the head turns, the ear, the head presses in so the ear can pick up every single syllable. That is our God. He inclined his ear so that we know from the context of 1 Samuel chapter 30, God is aware what he's going through. Guys, um, I'm going to ask you to consider this. You know, God has given us some tremendous opportunities for gathering. Tuesday mornings, the hub, Friday mornings, men's fraternity. The path mentoring, one-on-one mentoring, relationship. Guys, I, I encourage you all to, to really take a step toward finding that close community so that apostles becomes more than a place for corporate worship. It's where your best friends are found. And if I may pause just a moment, this afternoon at 4.30... Block party, you're reading about it in your bulletin. Well, you think, well, that would be fun. Food trucks are going to be here. And then at 6 o'clock, we're going to have an hour of praise and worship from our team. Sounds like fun. But I tend to think this. Probably the most significant thing about tonight is giving us a chance to get to know one another a little bit better. Is there an amen in the house to that? All right. And it's free. (laughs) Guys, give careful consideration to just coming back and hanging out. Ladies, the same. So here is David in a terrible situation. So we've been talking about in tough times... A guy is taken into a foreign land. David wasn't supposed to be there, but decisions that he made led him there. But God did not leave him. So what is it that we can do when that kind of time comes upon our lives? I mean, that's a fair question, isn't it? I mean, we've all said, I said a little more, pronounced than y'all because I've got the mic on. You know, yeah, there have been times in my life when, you know, I'm a believer, but I'm kind of living like an unbeliever. I've been in a distant land, figuratively speaking. So if you've been there or you're there or you know of someone who was there, press in for the next few moments. It tells us 
that David found strength in the Lord. You know, that, that's an interesting sentence right there. He found strength in the Lord. Does that mean that he just uh, mentally gave assent to God and remembering back on Samuel and him being anointed king? I mean, think about how David must have felt. We're introduced to David when he comes to Saul. And Saul gives permission. And he kills Goliath. How many times do you think David must have thought about that when he was living in the land of the Philistines? <laughs> I tend to think he probably thought about that quite often. And now he is fighting with the Philistines, and his life is just upside down. So in the midst of it all, the guys are wanting to kill him. This is before they go and find and get their families back and their stuff back. He finds strength in the Lord. It doesn't mean just, oh, I'm going to think about God right now. I know this, that God takes a step toward us before we take a step toward Him. And so at just the right moment when it pleased the Father, He pressed in upon David's life. And this was a time where David just didn't think about God. This is a moment when he came back to God. And this is where this story takes a tremendous upswing. When you come home to the Lord. You know, it's like Saul on the road to Damascus. When Christ showed himself, the living, resurrected Christ appeared to Saul. Saul had his life going. He was doing his thing, horizontal as it was, trying to please and gain acceptance to God. Saul thought he had it going on. But when Jesus Christ appeared to him, Saul came to God. Lord, he refers to Jesus. Mm. That was a turning back to God. There are those Damascus Road moments for us all. And so, here is Saul. He is still trying to inflict pain upon David. If you read 1 Samuel chapter 31, the last chapter, it's over for Saul. But this is a moment where David comes home to the Lord and home to hope. You know, Paul tells us in, in the book of Romans that suffering brings about perseverance. Perseverance brings about character, and character brings about hope. 
And God used this season of intense suffering for David to bring him back to a real season of hope. So, if you've been living in a foreign land and you're wanting to come back, what do you do? You come back to God. Isn't that the story of the prodigal son? He spent it all, he did everything that he wanted to do, and he comes back. And what is the picture? And Dr. Yusuf has said this so beautifully, to where you can picture it. <laughs> who runs to whom? Isn't the father running to the son who chose to live in a foreign land, both literally and figuratively? God never, never gives up. And so all I'm saying, guys and ladies, if this is kind of your season of life right now, if you make the decision to come back to the Lord because He's giving you grace and desire to come back to Him, don't delay, don't put that off because He is one even as Scripture says, the one who honestly comes to him, he will in no wise, what? Cast out. There's something else that, um, that David did that he hadn't done for a long time, for over a year. He inquired of the Lord. Isn't that beautiful? His prayer life became active again. And it is so striking, if you go back to, to chapter 28 when Saul is visiting a witch, the witch of Endor, it is so interesting that when the witch brings up Samuel from the heart of the earth, and Samuel says, why are you bothering me? Why did you bring me up here? And the first words out of David's mouth, or not David's mouth, but, but Saul's mouth, I spoke to the Lord, but he did not answer me, and so I had to go another route. And it's so different for David because he spoke to the Lord and God answered him, yes, you will have success. Don't you think that was a new day, a new moment in David's life, the starting of a new season? You know, one, one of the uh, rock bands, the head of the rock band used to say that uh, life is made up of a series of journeys. You believe that? I think so. And so this is the opening, the beginning of a new season in David's life. Going back to the witch of Endor, Samuel tells Saul that tomorrow you and your sons are going to be where I'm at. And that's when Saul just lost it. In chapter 31... It happened. 
But here is David, the opening of a new season in his life. What's God saying to you today? Are we talking? Are we praying? Are we listening? What's God telling you? Now, Wes, you didn't know this, but Psalm 46, he quoted that from his prayer. I can tell you this, that if the very worst happens in your life, the earth loses its orbit. (laughs) The mountains tremble or tremble and quake. They fall into the sea. If the very worst happens, God. In verse 10, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted in the earth. Be still. Your translation may read, cease striving. (laughs) As I told the guys at, at, at my table this past Tuesday, guys, what that verse means is that you quit trying to figure it out and try to and and quit trying to figure a way out. You are just broken. You're silent. You cease striving, and you give it all to the Lord. (laughs) A.W. Tozer, when when he talked about how purposeful suffering is and agony like David has gone through, I mean, God has a plan for allowing all of this. Um, The purpose for suffering. A.W. Tozer says, "I, I wonder seriously if a man can be used greatly whom God has not hurt deeply. Whoa. Something about that for us all. But God is purposeful. And so, while David left Judah to hang out with the Philistines, God never left him. God will even travel with you to a distant land to bring you back home. What do you think? 1 Samuel chapter 30 is a blessed chapter and reminder to us all. Let's pray together. Oh, Father, how we thank you for this time of worship today. And for David, Lord, he's an example to us, our brother, who didn't give up, but he did give in to you, gave it over to you. And, Father,
Father, there may be some here today who are in the throes of an unwelcome season in life. And because this unwelcome season goes on and on with no end in sight, it works on our spirit. And, oh, Lord, that you might bring refreshment, that you might press in upon our hearts as we bring this moment to a close, this time of worship. Oh, Father, how we thank you that you do not leave us, you never forsake us, that you use Peter to say, cast all your cares upon him because he goes on caring for you. Lord, you are the hound of heaven and you pursue us. That is your heart more than we pursue you. But, Father, you keep bringing us along. You keep growing us. And just as you prepared David to become king soon after all of this that we've talked about, Lord, perhaps you're preparing us as well. Give us faith to see that what we're going through, the agony that we're going through now, is paving the way for a new season. Lord, I thank you that we can always have hope in you. And there we rest today. In Jesus' name, amen.